as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll meet a guy, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry! Schmidt Heads Unite! Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever it is, whatever time it is that you're listening to this. I was talking with a guy from Australia last night, so that's kind of cool. Uh, hey, Charlie, if you're listening, uh, I think that was, it's yeah, it's Charlie. I think that's who I was talking to last night. Anyway, it's uh, it's been a crazy, crazy ride. So I'm looking at at uh, at some of the, the information that we're able to look at with this whole podcast thing, because I do local radio. That's my regular gig. And as I've mentioned before, if you want to join me outside of the podcast, you can do that at our at our radio station's website. It's canoxradio.com. I'm on from 3 in the afternoon to 6 in the evening uh, in Central Time in, in the United States. But anyway, I was you know just looking at some of the information that's available to us through this podcast because the, the terrestrial radio, we can't look at any of this stuff. There's people listening from literally all over the world. It's amazing to me how, how immediate of a reach we can have with the the wonderful technology that is the internet. So uh, again, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, whatever time that it is that you're listening uh, to the Schmidt Show podcast today. I am your host, Brad Schmidt, King Schmidthead, Lead Schmidthead, uh, General Schmidthead. I don't have a official title. I know that you all are Schmidtheads, and I'm I'm glad that you're here and glad that you're a part of this. We've got an interesting uh, discussion today. I wanted to. Oh, and. I, Noah's here sitting with me, and I should probably mention this because I'm not very good at this. I, I always forget what they call the blocking and tackling of this kind of stuff, so I always forget. If you want to find us to download the podcast, it's just theschmidtshow.com. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, which we would really appreciate if you do, is podcast.theschmidtshow.com. Um, we got a chat room. Now I don't know what Noah, what kind of wizardry Noah did, but tell us about that. So the chat room is on Freenote. It is hashtag Schmidtheads, and uh, and we even had one of our we got we have producers now, and uh, one of our producers even tied all of the uh, Telegram group to the 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 IRC chat room. So if you can join either way, and you can participate in the conversation and uh, be a part of the group. And we have Discord as well, which is the Schmidt Show. I think is what. I think uh, did Chris do that or did did uh, no it wasn't Chris it was it was Rikai yeah you know, that's right yeah I think Rikai was yeah he set that up I think he set that up so um, yeah I, I I don't know all of this technology stuff I worked for Gateway Computers back in 1999 and then I worked for Hewlett Packard like until 2002. Um, we were still, this is not even an exaggeration. We were still, I actually helped with a lot of the migration from windows 95 to windows 98. So that gives you kind of a, a little bit of insight into the, the, <laughs> the, the depth of my technical ability. So, um, anyway, so we've got a lot to talk about today. It, it was an interesting weekend. As far as news goes, I, 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 I've been doing a lot of research lately, a friend of mine or a, a listener, um, to my terrestrial show, sent me a link to 
kind of a conspiracy theory sounding um, connect the dots kind of uh, post. I think it was on Reddit. Um, I, I got so many of these. I'm not sure exactly where I where I originally found it, but um, I I've been doing some research and trying to verify the the actual information in this post because a lot of times I I don't ever want to be the conspiracy theory nut that that says aliens have taken over and George Bush is really a a you know lizard people from wherever now if that's true I don't mind addressing it but I, I just don't get into the conspiracy theory stuff so whenever I see any of these kind of posts like this I like to try to do my best to to dig into the information and discredit what I can and verify what I can and and try to present the information as as fairly and as uh, straightforwardly, if that's a word, as I can. And so I, I've been doing some research on this post and I, I was hoping to have it all done today. Um, but as I started digging into it, um, I literally got through the maybe the first paragraph or so and found so much information and so much uh, strange kind of coincidences that go together with all of this that, that this is probably going to take me a few shows to get through all of it and and because of the news that's gone on over the weekend of course the death of John McCain um, and then there was a shooting at a gaming convention or a gaming tournament uh, in Jacksonville Florida as well um, so I, I don't want to ignore that news uh, without addressing it without talking about some of it um, so we'll we will get to that so stick with me just hang in there we'll get to John McCain we'll get to the shooting at the at the gaming tournament or whatever it was uh, and we'll talk about all of that before before we wrap up the Schmidt show today um, so so just don't go anywhere but to start I, I've been working on this research and and trying to figure out um, a lot of these, you know, if, if a lot of this stuff is true or if it's just people making connections that aren't really there and it's, you know, more of the, the QAnon, Alex Jones kind of weirdo conspiracy stuff. Because here's the thing with some of that. Some of that stuff is, is, is accurate and, and there's good information in there. And some of it is just complete and total bunk. And, and the, 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 the the hard thing to do or the difficult thing to to do with that information is wading through all of it to figure out what's real and what's not um, when the the shooting in Las Vegas happened back when was that a year and ago year and a half ago whatever it was when the when the shooting in Vegas happened at the at the uh, the country concert it was it it was Dean Somebody, Dean. I'm not a country music fan, so I can't remember the guy's name. But uh, the when that shooting happened, I had the name of the shooter. I was doing my terrestrial show, um, and and I had the name of the shooter. I had the 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 name of of the guy that was involved in it, and I had a bunch of other information about it that I couldn't release. I was 99% certain that it was accurate, but I couldn't release it. 
Um, just because I don't like to prematurely just throw that stuff out there unless I'm able to verify it was actually true. And, and I found it, that information, digging through places like 4chan and, and some of these other kind of seedier websites, if you will. So um, just know that as we're talking about this, I, I'm not going to try and, and pretend that there's some grand conspiracy theory that's going on as it relates to the Russian collusion thing. I'm, I'm not, you know, what did Hillary Clinton call it when, when Bill was being impeach the the vast right-wing conspiracy i'm not into the vast anything conspiracy um i want verifiable information that i can that i can without reservation say these are true facts now what you do with those facts somewhat comes becomes up to you so i want to start with this whole uh the Russian collusion story. And like I said, this is going to take us probably a couple of weeks to get to all of this information, but I want to give you just some, some foundational information as we start to start this discussion over the next few weeks. And you'll have to keep tuning in. You'll have to subscribe. You'll have to download the podcast and, and be involved over the next couple of, of, of weeks to get all of it. So where this all starts, the, the Comey, Mueller, Rosenstein, where all of this stuff, where, where all of this information or where this story begins was not in 2016 during the presidential election. The story of all of this and how these people became players in this discussion and in this investigation and, and all of that goes all the way back to, well, it, it really goes back into the, the 80s, um, but it, it kind of kicks off into high gear in, in early 2000s, 2001-ish. And it, it's related to, I don't know if anybody remembers this story. I don't know the age of the folks that are listening, but if you were, if you were paying attention to politics in the early 2000s, you'll remember the story of Bill Clinton pardoning Mark Rich. Mark Rich was one of the FBI's most wanted. He was wanted for wire fraud, racketeering, tax evasion. He was trading oil with Iran, which at the time was under embargo. Um, he, he actually was once referred to, um, or his, his, uh, his business philosophy was once referred to as a, a philosophy that was worthy of a villain in a Bond film. So this guy was, he was, he was not just a, uh, a regular Joe schmuck who screwed up his taxes and didn't know what he was doing and ended up getting thrown in jail, so Bill Clinton pardoned him. This guy was, he was literally one of the worst of the worst. He, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was doing it intentionally, and he was, he was just a, a, a dirtbag of a human being. So that investigation was originally headed, the investigation into Bill Clinton and the Bill Clinton Foundation regarding Mark Rich um, was originally headed by a woman named Mary Jo White. Now, Mary Jo White was appointed by John Ashcroft um, to to dig into his. He was the attorney general at the time. I actually had, it was a really cool experience. I got to interview John Ashcroft one time. At pure luck and happened to know the right person at the right time. But um, great interview. The guy's actually really intelligent and and very well spoken and and really you know 
interesting to to have a conversation with. But um, so John Ashcroft appointed this Mary Jo White to to head this investigation into the Bill Clinton Foundation. Um, and I think at the time it was actually called the Bill Clinton Library Foundation, which has now become what we all know as the Clinton Foundation. Um, however, in, in kind of the middle of this investigation, all of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere, the investigation, Mary Jo White steps down, and the investigation is taken over by a gentleman by the name of James Comey. This is a guy, of course, that we all know we've seen involved in investigations into the Clintons a couple of times now. And so James Comey, all of a sudden, in 2005, after four years of investigation, comes to the conclusion that no issues, nothing wrong, nothing to see here, no evidence of wrongdoing. Now, I haven't been able to, this is one of the things that I was falling down on and trying to dig into as I was doing this investigation and trying to verify the facts that were laid out in this, in this post I saw um, or that was sent to me. And what I haven't been able to determine is the circumstances under which this Mary Jo White stepped down and, and why she handed the investigation uh, over to Mr. Comey. However, I did find a Time Magazine article from 2001, which will be linked in the show notes when you, if you go to theschmidtshow.com and you want to download it, you can read that 2001 Time Magazine article that suggested that this Mrs. White was a, a pretty tough investigator and wasn't really willing to back down. There were some possibilities of some, some, uh, some plea deals that she was just not going for because of the way it sounded. She didn't need them. She didn't need the plea deals because she had the information she needed. She had the, the, um, the, the, the folks that she was trying to get. She had them already. And so for whatever reason, she steps down. And then all of a sudden, James Comey finds no evidence of wrongdoing. The Clintons are clean and everything's fine. So um, it's interesting it, too, and, it, and it's, I guess it's not really surprising that, that James Comey took over in this investigation because it was actually James Comey who was the lead prosecutor on the Mark Rich case from 1987 to 1993. So, so Comey knew this case. He knew the details of who Mark Rich was. And, and if I remember correctly, there's, uh, there was a story back then that it was actually James Comey was the guy who flew over to Belgium or France or Italy or Africa. I don't remember where the guy was hiding. They, he was actually the guy that brought Mark Rich back to the United States on an extradition order. Um, I might be wrong on that, but I, I it, in all of the investigation I, I found, I thought I saw that somewhere. So, if I'm wrong, feel free to tell me. Give me a call, actually, by the way. I forgot to mention that, too. We do have a phone number, and I don't think I've got it set up. Is it this one? This one. This one here. So I've got to get my call-in studio set up. So we'll get, I'll have Noah get that taken care of. We'll get the phone line set up. So um, if, you want to, if you want to give us a call, we'll have that up and running in just a few minutes. The phone number is 866 766 1776. 
Of course, the phone number 1776 is uh, is a a uh, it's a reference to the founding of this great nation. So, yeah, we'll get that. We'll get have that up and running. Noah is. I'm telling you what, this guy's a he's a computer genius. If you you need computer stuff, you need to look up his website and his company, Alta Speed Technologies, because they are absolutely top notch. So anyway. Back to the investigation. So it's not really surprising that James Comey was the one that took over. There is a little bit of a little bit of weirdness. Um, there is a little bit of weirdness as to why Mrs. White, this Mary Jo White, stepped down. But it's not really surprising as to the fact that Comey took over because, like I said, he was the lead prosecuting uh, or lead prosecutor in charge of the the Mark Rich case from '87 to '93. So anyway. After Comey took over, there were some ingress in congressional investigations that took place. Um, they also came to the same conclusion, apparently, in around 2005, that there was just no criminal activity. Nothing, nothing to see here. You know, none of your business. You know, move along. Everything's fine. We do have the phone up and running. So uh, if you want to give us a call, if you want to, to share your thoughts on this, uh, 866-766-1776. So, um, yeah, that's how you can, can reach us that way. So also, um, the rest of the, the investigation here is important and, and why this investigation took place is also important because Denise Rich, who was Mark's Mark Rich's wife at the time had donated over a million dollars to the Democrat Party, including $100,000 to Hillary Clinton's Senate campaign and over $450,000 to the Clinton Library Foundation, which, again, like I said, we all know as uh, now just the Clinton Foundation, while Bill Clinton was still in office. And, and there's a lot of folks that believe that the reason that was is this was Mark Rich through his wife, and I think she may have been his ex-wife at the time, but through his wife, buying a pardon from President Clinton. Several hundred thousand dollars to Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation, over a million dollars to the Democrat Party in general. And and there was, like I said, some some suggestion that uh, this was Mark Rich buying a pardon from from President Trump. Or from pre- President Trump, from President Clinton at the time. Um, also Rich's, Mark Rich's attorney, Jack Quinn, served as White House counsel for Clinton and as Al Gore's chief of staff. And he was also fairly closely, fairly closely associated with none other than Eric Holder, who at the time was the deputy AG and had recommended the pardon of Mark Rich. So more names that sound familiar. Now, on a side note, speaking, going back to James Comey for just a second, on a, on a side note, Comey actually wrote a letter of recommendation that even while he acknowledged that, that Eric Holder made a terrible uh, misjudgment in recommending Mark Rich's pardon, James Comey supported Holder's nomination to the position of Attorney General of the United States under Obama. So, more connections there. 
And as far as the pardon of Mark Rich goes, Bill Clinton actually later explained that his pardon was based in part on the recommendation and advice of Georgetown University Law Center tax professor Martin Ginsburg. And if that name sounds familiar, you will realize that Martin Ginsburg is married to none other than Supreme Court Justice Ruth Ginsburg. So more connections in all of this stuff. So as far as the, the, the foundation itself is concerned, there have been allegations, and I, this is the one I haven't been able to, to verify 100%, and so that's why I say allegations. There were allegations that were made that there was millions in donations from foreign governments, but that none of those donations were reported the, in, from 2001 until 2003, where these millions, of dona- millions in donations from foreign governments, but no, that none of those donations were reported. Now, like I said, I've been uh, unable as of yet to verify that, but I've been diving through and digging through the publicly available tax returns and the annual reports that have been uh, produced by the Clinton Foundation, which also there'll be a link to that information in the show notes as well. So you'll be able to, to dig through that information yourself. And I just haven't been able to, to find it because first of all, most of your publicly available tax returns don't have a lot of detailed information in them. They just have, you know, numbers. So they don't have a whole lot of specific detail, at least in the publicly available part. Um, and so it can be a little bit confusing and I'm not a tax pro. I'm not an IRS guy. I'm not a H and R block dude or anything like that. Um, so a lot of the info just isn't listed. So I'm trying to dig through that and see if I can verify that is true, but that's the, the allegations that there was these millions of donate millions of dollars in, in foreign donations that, that were never reported from 2001 to 2003. So that is kind of a side note in all of this, but it, it, it speaks to that during the time that James Comey was investigating the Clinton foundation because of the pardon of Mark Rich for influence peddling and possibly buying a pardon from the president. This was also going on at the Clinton Foundation at the same time, and none of that information was ever determined to be worthy of any further discussion. So now... We know that Comey was involved in the investigation that led to the arrest and conviction of Mark Rich, and that in 05, Comey took over the investigation of the Clinton Foundation and shortly thereafter found no evidence of wrongdoing. So one of the key issues then becomes that being investigated, or, or sorry, one of the key issues that was being investigated was the inconsistencies in the tax issues surrounding the foundation. So that's why kind of all of this matters. Bill Clinton pardoned one of the most notorious notorious tax evaders since Al Capone, whose attorney was connected very closely to the Clintons and the DNC and Al Gore and everybody else in the Washington swamp. The investigation involved people who were really of little importance at the time. Nobody knew who James Comey was. Nobody knew who who you know, Bob Mueller or Rob Rosenstein or Eric Holder were at the time, nobody of, of any uh, fame anyway knew who these guys were. But 
the importance of those people at the time end up sticking with us, and you'll kind of see why this matters. So in 2001, remember this is at the time the Clinton Foundation is alleged to be not reporting donations to foreign governments. There is a new director of rulings and agreements in the exempt organizations function of the tax-exempt and government entities division at the IRS. Now, that's a a mouthful, but the rulings and agreements in the tax-exempt organizations is they deal with the 501c3s and, and all that kind of stuff. And they also deal with government entities. So her name is one that you will probably recognize as well. It was Lois Lerner, the lady who plead, pleaded the fifth, is it plead or pleaded, pled? I think it would be plead, the Fifth Amendment. Um, another name that you'll recognize and who would have been a part of the investigation into the Clinton Foundation and all that kind of stuff um, was Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General of the Tax Division of the United States Department of Justice, Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein also worked under Ken Starr from 1995 to 1997. He served on an investigation that, of course, exonerated some White House officials who had been accessing classified FBI background check reports. He supervised this investigation and found, of course, no basis for criminal prosecution of the White House officials who had obtained these classified FBI background reports. He did a great job for covering for Team Clinton at the time because... It is believed by most that Hillary Clinton was one of those White House officials who had been accessing these reports. So now you've got not just Comey and Rosenstein and the Clintons, but now you've got Lois Lerner. And in a second here, we're going to get to Bob Mueller as well. Um, And of course, again, no indictments made. So at this point, we've got to bring a fourth name in. Um, His name is Bob Mueller. So James Comey, Bob Mueller, Rod Rosenstein, Lois Lerner. Bob Mueller is important to this because Bob Mueller was the, the director of the FBI from 01 to 2013, who, of course, when all of this was going on, he would have been involved in these various in varying degrees in these investigations. So Comey, Mueller, Rosenstein, Lerner, and 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 uh, Eric Holder, all on some level, in, in one degree or another, were involved in the investigation of the Clinton Foundation and their shady fundraising practices. In 05, now here it gets a little bit crazier yet. In 05, James Comey goes to work in the private sector. First for Lockheed Martin as general counsel uh, and senior vice president of, of Lockheed. In 2010, he leaves Lockheed Martin, goes to work at an investment management firm called Bridgewater Associates, taking a $3 million payout, ended up later than at HSBC Holdings to help them with their compliance program after they were hit with a $1.9 billion settlement from the Justice Department because of their failure to comply with regulations related to money laundering for Mexican drug cartels and terrorism financing. Now, I'm not sure. I haven't been able to verify this yet, too. I'm I'm digging on this one yet as well. I'm not sure if they were actually doing this or if they just didn't follow the proper regulations intended to prevent it. 
but that was the the way that that story was prevented. So now we got to go back a little bit because we're up to 2010 or 2012, 13, somewhere in there. So go back a little bit to 09. Hillary Clinton's running the State Department. Obama's newly appointed Secretary of State. And along comes Uranium One deal. Now, it's a bit complicated how the details of all of this work out. But the merger of a few companies, a company called Canadian Southern Cross Resources Incorporated and South African, I'm not sure how to pronounce this word, a fleece, gold and uranium resources, which is how those two companies combining with some other things happening, Kazakhstani, whatever, that's how the company SXR Uranium One came about. So after a few deals, like I said, involving some of the Kazakhstani companies and some other things, Uranium One ends up with the rights to approximately 20% of U.S.'s uranium. So, or it's uranium uh, rights, the rights to uranium mining or however that whole thing works. Kind of like oil rights or mineral rights, whatever. So all of this to say, and I've got more to go through, like I said, but I'm going to end up running out of time and we're not going to be able to... to go through all of this and still talk about John McCain and, and some of the other stuff. Text, uh, on the, on the, uh, on the uh, chat room, it says, how is it if this info is out, she was able to run for president after all the nonsense during the campaign? None of the Clintons are not even in court, let alone in jail. R- exactly. I mean, that's, that's the question in all of this, right? Uh, this is not hard information to find. I, I've not, I don't have some secret access to FBI files that other people don't have. This is all openly available. All of this information is out there. Now, again, keep in mind, I want to be fair in all of this. Keep in mind, some of this is, is you're having to make connections to, from person to person and, and assume some nefarious behavior or at least some nefarious intentions on the part of some of these people, which as we all know, is not, certainly not uncommon in Washington. So anyway, so why does all of this matter, right? All, why, who cares? This is stuff from 10, 12, 15, five, six years ago, right? So why does any of this matter? Well, the reason it matters is because now we're starting to have this discussion about Russian collusion, right? Donald Trump has colluded with the Russians and Donald Trump has done this and Donald Trump has done that and, and, and Donald Trump Jr. and Jared Kushner and, and all of these stuff um, are, are out there and these investigations are being done and Mueller's getting involved and, and people are going to jail and Manafort and, and Michael Cohen and all this stuff. Um, Russian collusion, Russian collusion, Russian collusion, right? That's the, that's the story we're hearing out of the mainstream media every single day. And, and the, the truth is, as, and as we dig farther into this, and I'll, like I said, I, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of put a, a lid on it and, and for, for now, for this week, because I still want to talk about John McCain a little bit, and I want to talk about the shooting in, in Florida as well. But all of this stuff, all of this information suggests that the real collusion may not have had anything to do with Russia. But the real collusion may have been happening 
and an investigation probably should be done into the lives of the Clintons and the Mullers and the Rosensteins and the Comeys and the Ginsburgs and the everybody else in Washington. And if they were, were they colluding for the purpose, the, the whole idea right behind the Russian collusion is Russia was trying to influence our, our elections. Russia was trying to, to, to influence the outcome of the 2016 presidential election. So, what we maybe and and I'm I'm asking this I'm putting it out there as somewhat of a question maybe what we need to be asking is did the Clintons did Comey did Rosenstein did Lerner did all of these other players Obama administration and others were they colluding to unfairly influence the election and are they still then con- colluding? in an effort to undermine the president. And and whether you like Donald Trump or not, whether you think that Donald Trump is the greatest thing since sliced bread or whether you think that Donald Trump is the, the antichrist uh, incarnate, the fact that there could very well be, and there certainly seems to, to be evidence to suggest at least there is some collusion with the purpose of trying to undermine the presidency of the United States. That's treasonous. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a very, 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 very dangerous place for us as a nation to be. You don't have to like Donald Trump to acknowledge that if there is an intentional effort to undermine the presidency, and to undermine the legal workings of this country and the legal and lawful seating of a president and his cabinet, that is borderline treasonous. And that is a dangerous place for us to be because when we elect a president, according to the the due process of our system, that person is, is our president. Whether you like him or not, he is the president. Whether you like her or not, she is the president. It doesn't matter what all of this stuff is. It doesn't matter what your personal opinion is. The president is the president. So anyway, that's that's all of that. We'll we'll get to we'll get to some of this stuff as we we continue the podcast over the next couple of weeks um, because there's more to get to. I just I literally didn't have time. I, I spent most of the last week digging into uh, some of this stuff, and I left out probably another hours worth of content uh, and information that helped me come to some of these co- con- connections and stuff. Um, and, and digging into just literally a couple of paragraphs um, uh, of information led me down all kinds of rabbit trails and whatnot. So let's, let's kind of change directions here. And again, if you want to join the show, if you're, if you're listening live and you want to call in or, or you can jump on the chat room, uh, which is at, uh, what did you call it? It's hashtag IRC, hashtag Schmidthead. Is there anything else I need to know with that? Just uh, the IRC, it's the, uh, in Freenode, uh, hashtag Schmidtheads. I always always forget the Freenode part. So is Freenode, what is Freenode, Noah? Is that like a, is it a? It's an IRC server. Okay. 
What's IRC stand for? <laughs> Internet Relay Chat. Awesome. <laughs> so if it weren't for Noah, I'm going to be just to be honest, if it weren't for Noah, none of this would be happening. So, um, okay. So a couple of, of messages on the, on the chat room there. Um, you said Hillary murder, suicide, random murder, suicides are always linked to the Clintons. Yeah. And uh, that's not what I was going to get at with the murder, suicide for the, the show title. Uh, the, the murder, suicide thing is I want to, that's the, the shooting in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, that's where the murder suicide comes in. There is a lot of deaths surrounding the Clintons. There's no question about that. And, and some of them are certainly very shady. Uh, the Vince Foster deal is a very kind of a weird situation. Um, and the ballistics of that, I'm a, I'm a gun fanatic. I shouldn't say a fanatic. I am a gun enthusiast. And, and so as a gun enthusiast, the ballistics of the Vince Foster thing just don't make sense to me. But I, I will say this about all of the deaths surrounding the Clintons. When you have the kind of reach and influence um, that someone like uh, Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton have, those sorts of things are going to happen. I mean, I've flown on airplanes, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 15 times in my, in my lifetime, uh, maybe if that, um, and, and so the chances of me and in, being involved in an airplane crash are pretty low. Um, but when you're, you know, I, I, I wonder how many thousands of times Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and their associates have been on planes, like literally probably hundreds of thousands of times. So the fact that a plane crash with someone who is connected to the Clintons um, is not an immediate red flag for me. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's just it's got to be you just got to be kind of careful in in getting too deep into the woods on that stuff because you end up harming your credibility, right? If if that's the only thing you've got is well, look at all the people who died and and were were killed or mugged or whatever. First of all, you're living in Washington D.C the chances of being mugged and shot and killed are pretty high because Washington DC is a gun-free zone and your chances of being mugged in a city where gun crime is higher than just about anywhere else. Our chances of being a victim of gun crime are pretty high. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So, so here's, here's the other thing that, that I want to point out in all of this too um, is the whole Russian collusion thing in general is just kind of silly because if you are at a level in the political landscape in the United States of America, you have been involved with foreign dealings in some way or another. And it wouldn't have mattered any one of the 17 Republican candidates, Bernie Sanders, uh, Mark Webb, or is it Mark Jim Webb? Um, Hillary Clinton on on the on the the Democrat side. Any of them? They are so many, so many experiences that these people have had with dealings in, on an international and global scale. That to to say that oh Donald Trump had some business dealings with Russia. Well, of course he did. He's an international real estate guy. Of course he's going to have dealings with Russians. Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton had multiple dealings with Russians over the years because her husband was the president. 
the, I mean, those sorts of things are not really all that um, surprising to me. Um, another message on on the chat room says, to get to that level, you have to have A, some skeletons in your closets, or B, allow yourself to be owned by a bigger player. I think there's a little of that, no question. Um, no question about that. Uh, let's see, another text message or another message on the on the chat room. I agree with what you said. I served under both Bush and Obama. No matter how much you may disagree with or agree with the president, they're still the ones in the office, and the office still needs to be respected. There's stuff that both did I didn't agree with, but they were still my commander-in-chief. Agreed. So I got to ask, what did you do, if you can tell me without having to kill me afterwards, what did you do um, for the administrations? Were you Secret Service or, or what? Um, another message says, I'm so glad my time in Washington was short. Uh, make guns illegal and only criminals will have guns. Exactly. Make guns illegal and only, yeah. Make politicians illegal and only criminals will be politicians. Oh, wait. Yeah, good point. So, anyway, uh, 866-766-1776. If you want to call in and join the show, you can uh, give us a call and, and get that way as well. IRC uh, at Freenode, hashtag Schmidtheads. Um, military question mark. In any case, thank you for your service, Keith. Yes. Um, so, okay. Moving on from all of that, we'll get we'll get into more of this collusion stuff. I just kind of want to touch on this because there's so much misinformation and so much misunderstanding about the the Mueller investigation and and the Russian collusion stuff. That uh, for the life of me, I can't figure out why this thing is still going on. Um, Moving on to John McCain. I want to just kind of talk a little bit about John McCain um, before we go. I find it, as I tweeted out this morning, I find it somewhat disingenuous that all of these people who are now posting tribute after tribute after tribute about how John McCain was the greatest senator this country's ever seen the greatest war hero this country's ever seen and and he should be you know in enshrined but with a golden statue on the steps of the capitol uh is is somewhat absurd to me because these people are the same people who just a month ago were calling for him to be removed from office because he voted against something that they wanted to be passed. It's, 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 uh, it, it's, it's just a strange thing for me in general. John McCain was without question a military hero. He served in Vietnam. And, and honestly, as far as I'm concerned, uh, my father-in-law or uh, my father-in-law, my uh, step grandfather, it's kind of weird. I can't even begin to explain this. My family, I'll just say it this way. My family's a Jerry Springer episode. So my stepdad's stepdad was a Vietnam vet. And every Vietnam vet that I've ever met, for the most part, have been worthy of honor and praise for their service. Now, I'm sure some of them did some really crappy stuff. There's no question about that. Human beings are human beings. And, and John McCain is no different. He is without question a guy who deserves our respect for his service in the in the army and his his experience in Vietnam in as a POW. But that does not make him a god. 
It does not make him beyond reproach or beyond criticism. John McCain was not that great of a senator. He was not that great of a legislator. He was popular, so he got reelected many, many times. But he was not the, the, the greatest senator this country's ever seen. He, does, he deserves respect, and I feel bad for his family. And my prayer is that they find comfort and, and peace in a difficult time of losing a loved one. I, I'm, I'm not going to badmouth John McCain or his war record or anything like that, but we need to keep in mind that John McCain was just a man. He was just a, a, another senator like the hundreds and hundreds of other senators that have served this nation over the last 240 plus years, 200 what, 250 years. He, he just, that's it. He, he was a senator. That's, that's all there is to it. He, he did not do anything particularly worthy of the, the, the wild adoration that we're seeing all over the news. CNN and MSNBC and, and, and ABC News and CBS News and all those, they loved him because he would buck the Republicans from time to time. And, and I think a lot of the time John McCain had an ego. And a lot of the time John McCain, in my opinion, a lot of times the reasons he bucked the Republicans was because he knew it would get him on TV with CNN and MSNBC and ABC News and CBS News and, and NBC News and, and all of the other TV shows. And John McCain liked being on TV. Even when he came back from Vietnam, he liked being on TV. He liked the adoration that people heaped upon him because of his status as a, as a POW and as a war hero. And so let's not... Let's not turn John McCain into this, this godlike figure. He's not Thor or Atlas or Jesus or Buddha or any other God-type figure. He was just another politician. And he wasn't even that good of a politician in the first place. Now, another thing I want to mention is what does this kind of mean for Arizona and what does it mean for the Senate? I've got a link in the show notes, and, and I'll be honest, I didn't read all the way through the link and, and all the way through the information in the, in, the, in the show notes, but as I kind of skimmed through it, there, there I believed was some decent information. One of the things they touch on is Governor Ducey, Governor John Ducey, the, uh, of course, the, the governor of Arizona, will get to choose John McCain's replacement and John Mc or uh, John Ducey. I think it's John is it governor Ducey. I, I think it's John Ducey. I don't know what his first name is. All of a sudden I called him John and I might be wrong. It's governor Ducey of Arizona and governor Ducey is certainly not a John McCain Republican. He's much more conservative and much more party line uh, type of politician than what John McCain was, but he's also not, you know, a, a Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, hardline conservative, hardline right conservative kind of politician either. But here's the thing. Arizona is a pretty red state. Governor Ducey's up for election this fall. And, and Governor Ducey 
is going to need to pick somebody to replace John McCain. He's not going to need to because he doesn't really need the the bump in the in the in the polls. It, the way it sounds, his his reelection is going to be. A, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but it's going to be a you know he's he's the favorite, so he doesn't need the bump from choosing a more liberal Republican to replace John McCain. He can go and and choose someone a little bit farther right. He can choose someone who is maybe more in line and more willing to to work with President Trump than what John McCain was. And so this is potentially a huge, huge opportunity for the Senate. If, if the Republicans are able to maintain the control of the Senate come this fall and they can get somebody who's a little bit more pro-Trump from Arizona, that means it takes people like uh, Murkowski, is it Murkowski from Alaska? The, the kind of the leftist Republican in Alaska, it takes some of those people out of out of the equation because if they can get 52 votes, 50 is really all they need for the most part, and maybe steal a Democrat here and there who's up for re-election, and it's very likely that Kevin Kramer is going to be defeating Heidi Heitkamp, so we're going to probably pick up a seat there in North Dakota as well. So this could potentially be very important for the Trump administration moving forward and getting judges nominated or, or um, not nominated, but um, confirmed, getting other appointments confirmed, various political appointments confirmed. It may actually lead to President Trump getting more of his agenda passed through and moved through in the next two years before his reelection bid in 2020. So this has some potentially huge implications. And as, as sad as it is for the McCain family to lose their, you know, patriarch for lack of a better term, as sad as it is for them to lose their, their father and, and, and husband and all that, this is actually good for president Trump. This actually leads to a position for President Trump where he, if the election goes well and he endorses the right candidates and a few key states save a few seats and a few key states maybe pick up a seat or two, the, the, the makeup and the direction of the, the legislature in general, but the Senate specifically, um, is, it's a big deal. And I know that's kind of a surface level analysis of the situation, and pretty much anybody can figure that out. You're, I'm not gonna. I'm not telling you anything. Um, anything you probably don't know, as it relates to John McCain, but just keep that in mind that this, the implications of John McCain's seat being available. In I think it'll be up for a re-election then in 2020. At the nearest, because I don't think they're they're I think they're far enough out that they won't have a special election this election cycle. Um, I think it, it'll be in 2020 when he'll when that seat will be up for re-election. But it gives an incumbent, someone who's being appointed, it gives them enough time to establish themselves, make a name for themselves, and and put in uh, the effort that it will take to to make themselves reelectable come the next election cycle. So keep an eye on the seat that, uh, and who I've got a feeling and, and this article actually touches on it. 
Um, I have a feeling that the guy that's going to probably get that seat is a guy named John Kyle. And John Kyle is uh, Governor Ducey's chief of staff, if I believe, if I remember correctly. And I think this is in that article that's linked in the show notes, so you'll 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 see that. Uh, text or a uh, message on the on the chat room says they're attacking Trump on what Trump did not say about McCain. They're calling him out as he sent a tweet, and everyone else jumped in front of the camera. Yeah, I I guess I it's here's the thing about Trump and the the media. It doesn't matter what Trump says. It doesn't matter what Trump does. He's going to be, he's going to be ostracized. The whole thing with the, the, the best example I can give of this is his meeting with Putin. If he's, if he's tough on Putin, if he's mean to Putin when they go have their, or when they had their meeting, if he had been really hard on Putin, the media would have, you know, the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the, the Al Sharptons and the Jake Tappers and the, the whoever else, the, the Chris Matthews and all the other, you know, Wolf Blitzers and all them, they would have absolutely freaked out and, 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 and would have raged out about how Donald Trump is leading us into nuclear war with the Russians. He was too harsh and he's going to lead us into nuclear war. But if he's too soft on Putin, well, then it's Russian collusion, and he's he's trying to collude to win the next election. But if he's somewhere in the middle, well, then he's wishy-washy, and he doesn't, you know, he he needs to be more decisive. So there's nothing for for so whatever you think about the media and whatever's going on with the news with Trump, just know that Trump's never ever going to get it right with the media. CNN and MSNBC and all of those, even Fox News, and anybody that believes that Fox News is this right-wing conservative stalwart news organization, just be aware they're not. They're just not as far left as everybody else. So therefore, by comparison, they look like they're fairly far right. The truth is they're center, maybe left center. And, and Fox News is not this right-wing conservative stalwart organization. They're just not. They're, they're just not quite as far to the left as everybody else. So therefore, by comparison, they look like right-wing nutjobs. So it, just keep that in mind. As it relates to the media and Donald Trump, there's nothing he's ever going to be able to do that is going to be good enough for them. If he had said something nice about McCain, he says, well, then why weren't you nicer to him when he was alive? If he says something harsh about McCain, he says, see, we all knew you're a jerk. If he doesn't say anything at all, it'll be, well, how come President Trump isn't tweeting about what what happened with John McCain? There's nothing that he can do ever, ever that's going to be good enough for the the mainstream media. So just be aware of that moving forward for as long as President Trump. This happened back in the 80s with Reagan. There was nothing Ronald Reagan could do. There was nothing Ronald Reagan that could say that was ever good enough. He was hard on the Russians, so he was leading us into nuclear war. If he was soft on the Russians, well, then he must be a, a communist sympathizer in in hiding or in disguise. If he was in the middle, well, then he's not being decisive enough. He's the president. He's supposed to lead. This is, this is nothing new from the radical left in the media. And it's just gotten worse because they've gotten more blatant about it now. So, all, the, all right. So there's, that's my thoughts on John McCain. And, and again, look, I'm not telling you anything you probably didn't already know about John McCain. But I, 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 I make that point and I bring all of this up is to, to say, look, first of all, he's just a dude. He's just a man. He's no different than you and I. He went to the bathroom and, and used toilet paper just like you and I do. 
There's nothing special about John McCain. Yes, he served in Vietnam. He was a prisoner of war. That sucks. And he, he's, he, he should be respected for, for his experiences and, and the service to his country. And he served his country well as a soldier. He served his country eh, as, a, as a senator. But don't, don't, don't make it out like it was some sort of massive sacrifice for him to serve his country as a, as a senator. The dude was a millionaire multiple, multiple, multiple times over. He, he was treated very, very, very well. And he, he was compensated very, very, very well for his service to this country. So don't, don't, don't let anybody fool you into thinking that it was some grand sacrifice that John McCain could have maybe been a millionaire otherwise because I, I, I can almost promise you had John McCain not served his country as a U.S. senator, he wouldn't be worth the 50 or 100 million or whatever. I don't know what his net worth is. I'm just making up numbers here. But whatever his net worth is, he probably wouldn't be worth that much had he, had he not served as a U.S. senator and at one point ran for president. So don't, don't let anybody fool you into thinking that John McCain is somehow special. So, all right, moving on from John McCain. Like I said, nothing new. You figured it out. You're all smart. And, and all I'm saying is, Keep an eye on it. Pay attention to it because it has potentially huge ramifications way into the future, like decades into the future because you're talking judge appointments, Supreme Court justices. So just let me touch on this here real quick. Supreme Court justices. Going back, Abraham Lincoln, 1860, uh, is elected president. He serves as president for four years, gets assassinated. Johnson's his his replacement. Johnson's a Democrat. But because of the 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 Civil War and all of the garbage that went along with that, essentially from 1865, the only, the only um, Democrat president we had was, was Cleveland or Garfield, whichever one it was that was elected twice, two separate times. It's the only Democrat president up until like the 20s. So for 70 years, we had Republican presidents due in large part to what Abraham Lincoln did. And those, the fact that over the course of 70 years, the judges that were on the Supreme Court were, were appointed by Republican presidents affects even today some of the legal precedent that we deal with on a daily basis. And so the, the fact that John McCain is not there to either, excuse me, either block nominations from, from President Trump and to judgeships or whatever, if we get somebody, if, if Ducey's smart and he, he, appoint somebody who is more pro-Trump, that could literally change the, the direction of the country for decades and decades and decades, and maybe even a century or more to come. So keep an eye on it. Pay attention to it. It's uh, it's long game kind of stuff. All right. Um, the shooting in Florida. I, I don't know a lot of the details. Um, I, I saw, uh, I believe it was on, I think Drudge linked to it. For, for something or another. Um, the guy was a radical leftist, from what I heard. Again, I, I might be wrong on this, and I'm only going to touch on it for a couple of minutes here as we're kind of wrapping up the podcast. But um, this guy, turns out his Reddit history, he was radically, radically anti-Trump. So don't let anybody paint, you out, paint this guy out to be some uh, right-wing gun-toting nut. Because first of all, as a as a gun enthusiast myself, um, this guy 
if he hadn't killed himself, uh, should have been hung. This is this, and here's the other thing. You're going to hear people talk about this as a mass shooting, a mass shooting, a mass shooting, a mass shooting. It's going to be the topic of whatever, you know, all the 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 limp-wristed lefty uh, celebrities are going to be talking about how we got to get rid of guns, we got to get rid of guns, we got to get rid of guns. Um, the truth is, this isn't a mass shooting. This does not fit the typical profile of a mass shooting. This was not planned. This guy did not stockpile guns for months and years and and plan out me uh, weeks in advance what he was going to do. Um, he, he this isn't a, you know a school shooting where he was bullied or whatever. The kid lost apparently, and if I'm wrong, I'll correct all this next week. I, I'm I'm just I'm just going off of the details that I've been seeing on the news and hearing on the news and in, in blurbs. So. Uh, don't take what I'm saying as, as gospel. It just I'm going to be honest about that. The guy snapped. He lost. He couldn't take the rejection. He freaks out. This, is, this isn't a gun issue. This is a parenting issue. This kid needed his butt whipped a few times when he was younger. That's what it comes down to. He needed a good spanking, maybe being grounded a few times, and his mom should have took away his Xbox controller and thrown it in the garbage when he was 12. Because he obviously can't handle his emotions appropriately. That's what this comes. This says this is not a gun issue. This is not a mass shooting issue. This is a murder suicide by a kid that's obviously mentally ill, and didn't have proper parenting growing up. Period. Now again, if I'm wrong, I'll eat my words next week I, I'll, and apologize. I don't have a problem with doing that. Uh, I, I I apologize all the time. I get stuff wrong all the time. That's one of the things you'll notice as you continue to subscribe to The Schmidt Show at podcast.theschmidtshow.com. There's my, my live read for my, my, uh, my plug, my shameless self-promotion. Uh, podcast.theschmidtshow.com. Theschmidtshow.com is where you can listen to us or stream it live, all that. Um, chat rooms. What else we got? We got a Patreon, too. I'm, I'm, not a big, I'm, not a, I'm not a big guy to beg for money. Um, if you like what I'm doing... Check out the Patreon. Like I said, I'm not going to give you details. You, you, you all are smart. You'll figure it out. You'll know how to do that if you want to do it. I don't need to beg for it. Um, and it's not that I don't need to. I just I don't like to. I, it just it feels kind of. Eh. Um, but anyway, that side note. Um, what was I talking about? Lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, the 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 kid needed a, a whipping. That's what it comes down to. He 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 needed a spanking. Probably when he was five, his mom should have probably, you know, made him get out and, you know, go play out in the yard a couple of times when he was younger. And again, like I said, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll eat my words and, and apologize next week. I, I don't have a problem apologizing. You'll hear that. That was where I was going. You'll, you'll get to know that I get stuff wrong from time to time, but I'm not one of these guys who will double down and, and try to pretend like I, I knew it all along. Um, I apologize quite a bit. And and try to correct things as often as I can when I get them wrong. So anyway, that's 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 my thoughts on on the on the show today. Um, keep in touch. We'll get into this more of this Russian collusion stuff. I'm gonna have to keep going on that uh, just because, like I said, I just didn't have time to research it all, and and I didn't want to present it as some radical wacko nut job conspiracy. I, I just wanted to lay out the information. There's a lot of the people that are involved in the investigation with the with the with the Trump thing, who found no wrongdoing on anything the Clintons ever did, and now are digging into to Trump. And it seems like they, even though they're not finding anything, they're going to keep digging. 
And oh, and here's the other thing about Manafort and Cohen and all these other guys. Uh, Manafort, there was one other dude that was involved with the Trump campaign. They weren't convicted on anything that had anything to do with Russian collusion. None of the stuff that they were connected to or, or convicted of or, or pled guilty to or anything, none of that had anything to do at all with Russian collusion. It was other stuff. It's personal stuff. In fact, Manafort stuff didn't even have anything to do with President Trump in, in any way, shape, or form. It was his own taxes and his own failure to, to do things the right way. Completely and totally unrelated to Trump. So anyway, that is it for me. I'm Brad Schmidt. This is or has been the Schmidt Show podcast. And uh, whew, it's a good day. I like doing this kind of stuff. We're going to have to keep doing this. Hey, one of the things that we did set as a goal as far as Patreon goes, we set a goal. If we can get 200 patrons, we'll do this four days a week instead of just one day a week. Give you as much content as we possibly can. So uh, uh, I think Noah's typing feverishly to put all the information into the chat room if you want it as far as the the schmidtshow.com, Facebook, Twitter, all the other whatever stuff. IRC, Freenode, IRC. Is there like a website for that? Freenode? No? All right. That's it. We'll see you next week. Till then, Schmidt Heads Unite.